The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and the Inside Vegas Podcast. Props, parlays, in-game wagering, MyBookie.ag has it all. And if you sign up using the promo code SGP50, you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus today. Play, win, and get paid at mybookie.ag. We're also brought to you by Amazon. You know you're already shopping at Amazon. Shop at Amazon and support the Sports Gaming Podcast Network and this fine podcast. All you got to do, log on to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash Amazon, bookmark that link, and use it every time you shop at Amazon to support the podcast. And again, go get yourself a nice, fresh Inside Vegas tea on sale for $19.99. Live from Las Vegas, we have probably one of my favorite shows on the Inside Vegas podcast. Favorite ones I've ever done, honestly. Uh, this is a topic of conversation that I feel is absolutely awesome to have during the time of legalization, literally being the inception of new markets opening every single day. Um, and if you're familiar, if you've been following, um, maybe followed along with uh, this kind of Twitter, I don't say beef, but um, myself and my good friend, Matt Peral, who hosts Pushing the Odds every single day, Monday through Friday, Inside the Palm Sportsbook, CGG Technologies, an amazing show. Um, he tweeted out a while ago basically that sports betting was not investing. Um, I kind of, I don't want to say took offense to that, but I feel a ve- I feel very strongly the other, and he feels very strongly his way. And um, I kind of knew at that point when I saw that tweet and we had went back and forth a little bit on the differences between the two, it would make for some great content and it certainly did not uh, dis, it did not disappoint. That is for sure. Um, it's a fascinating conversation to have whichever side that you are on. Please let, let us know in the comments um, of this podcast. Reach out to either of us on social media at Christian Pina at Sports Talk Matt. Um, an amazing conversation. Uh, basically, having the one-on-one debate is sports gambling the same thing as investing. I hope you guys enjoy it again. Matt Peral of Pushing the Odds at Sports Talk Matt on the Inside Vegas podcast. Joining me, fellow Boston guy, and I say that because it, it, when I talked about this in the intro, it led me into that that I almost forgot that he was from Boston when this kind of I don't want to say situation, but when this tweet came out, that kind of uh, spurned the idea for this podcast. And I think it's an absolutely fascinating conversation to have when we talk about investing versus you know whether it be crypto, sports, uh, trading, if you want to call it that, sports betting, as I know my friend Matt Peralt's going to talk about uh, being called betting, <laughs> uh, including real estate, whatever investment you want to make, and kind of how they differ in the same. Uh, my friend, how is everything in your world? I know uh, people kind of know where they can find you at this point at Sports Talk, Matt, all that good stuff, pushing the odds Monday through Friday. But how is everything? Since the last time we talked, I was just looking at this when I was pulling up uh, our last conversation. It was exactly three months to the day, March 18th. So how's that for a little serendipity, wow. right? <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, things are good. I mean, June is a, is a good month. I uh, I always go back to Boston in July for for a week and a half and and spend time with the family. It's our, it's our biannual trip back to let the grandparents see my daughter. So it, it's sort of the downtime and it's a lot of fun because you end up talking to a lot of the companies that are going to be gearing up for football season. So June and early July, and then you know, after that trip, it really feels like we're basically into football season. So uh, the the real fun time of the year is almost is almost here. It's kind of crazy. We're in the middle of the summertime, but. Uh, we're less than 100 days away from football. Cool. 
We are, and I just read this. I believe it's what seventy. Uh, I think it's like seventy-nine days until college football, NFL. Shortly thereafter, it's so funny, man. Do you kind of? I know people that don't bet baseball really feel this way that this is kind of you know once the NBA is over, once basketball is kind of on the back burner, hockey's over as well. If they don't get into the grind, it's kind of their time to almost relax, take it easy. You know, basically up until August first. Uh, do you kind of feel that that's kind of your your philosophy yeah, as well? Yeah, I mean, I do baseball, but I don't do baseball the way. Yeah, I, I, I do baseball. I just don't do baseball the way you do baseball. <laughs> and so like I, I pick and choose. So it's more or less like a spot here or there that I like that I'll play. So I'm not every day. I'm not multiple times a day. It's, it's a little bit of a, a, of a downtime for me where I do sports gamble and I'll even gamble on the world cup and I'll do some different spot bets, but it's not consistent. So yeah, it is a little bit of a downtime in terms of, of, of how much action I, I have going and a chance to kind of catch my breath and then gear back up for the fall. Yeah, man. I mean, look, we have NBA draft in two days, NBA free agency, 12 days, MLB all-star break, 21 days. We have the open 30 days, hard knocks coming at you in 44 days, college football, 67 days, NFL kickoff, 79 days. So the dog days of betting are coming close, man. But let's break into this because I cannot wait to have this conversation with you. I've been, uh, you know, if, if for anyone that's been reading kind of the written content and the stuff I'm putting out there, I've been kind of fascinated with this. Uh, I don't call it psychology, but just kind of the differences and how things are similar and not the same when it comes to investing, when it comes to being in real estate, crypto, the stock market versus, um, you know, betting. And so again, this tweet that kind of set this off in my mind, I'm going to read it to you. This was, uh, this was you, Matt Burrell, at Sports Talk Matt on 31 May 2019. <laughs> Sports gambling is not investing. I feel like it's a major mistake to try to tell people that it is. It's gambling. DFS is gambling. Poker is gambling. Games of skill is gambling. But the stock market is not a one-to-one proposition. Gambling isn't investing. I want you to elaborate on that in more than 140 characters. Mm -hmm. Sure. So it, it comes back to the idea that there are so many new people entering the market. And I think most people understand what the stock market is. You go in, you buy a stake in a company. And depending upon how that company does, whether your stock goes up or down, there's also dividends that come back from being a part of that. You can also buy enough stock to one day be on the board of directors on that company and actually have a say in what that company would be able to do and how they conduct business. And you can sell the, sell the company. You can bankrupt the company. I mean, you can have, as a stockholder, you have significant power over what that company can do depending on the level of investment you put into a certain company. So the Warren Buffett school of, you know, when everybody's selling, you buy, when everyone's buying, you sell type of situation is totally different in a totally different mindset than what we talk about when it comes to sports gambling, which is a zero sum game where it's either I win and the book wins. And there's no long-term real strategy where you're going to actually have an impact on what happens in the game itself. You're betting on the outcome. You're trying to predict what the outcome is going to be and I get that day trading is part of things, and cryptocurrency is a little bit like day trading. I get that there's a facet of, of Wall Street that, that could be kind of uh, similar, if you will, to sports gambling, but it's not. At the end of the day, gambling, you are betting on what's going to happen, and you do not have any control, and you never will have any control as to whether or not the Yankees are going to pinch it for that hitter in the eighth inning like you want them to. But if you're a stockholder, you can have that power with a company. So I think when people come into this this new world of 
gambling, when they hear sports investing, you're taking the fear, the, the, the scary nature of gambling by replacing that word and calling it investing. You're essentially, in my mind, I think you're selling a lie to people. You're trying to make them feel comfortable with a, with an investment level or, a, or a, a monetary level of commitment that otherwise maybe they're not comfortable with. But that scary word gambling is replaced by investing. And I fully get that there are ways of approaching futures now that prop swap exists that you can think of maybe I can get out of a wager uh, out of a future bet or I can turn into the dude in St. Louis who puts you know 400 bucks down and winds up winning a hundred thousand or the guy who bet on Texas uh, on on Texas Tech to win the championship and only have that blow up in his face I mean I I, I understand that there are ways of potentially approaching the secondary market market, but that's not gambling in the true sense of the word. That's a whole different level, a whole different business model than what the average player is ever going to enter into. I mean, I would say that maybe 0.0001% of people who sports gamble right now in the country know about PropSwap. They're learning more about it, but there are secondary, other secondary marketplaces are popping up as well, but that's mostly just for the secondary, for, for the futures markets. I know they're trying to flip it over and say, you know, hey, you can do it for a single game. If you put it up quick enough, somebody might buy it before the game and whatnot. If the odds change or somebody gets hurt and whatnot, I, I get the props up trying to change their model as being not just a future site. But at the end of the day, gambling is gambling. And when you I, and, and I I want to embrace that term. You know, some people who are degenerates like to embrace the term degenerate, and they want to own that term. I want us to own the term gambling. That you are risking something, and you are it's you versus the book, and that's the difference. In Wall Street, it's not like that. There's no real opposition in terms of who you're competing against directly. Where if I lose, somebody else wins. That's not the way investing works. My man, this is going to be a great conversation. And I love how passionately you just brought that to the table because I'm going to bring the exact opposite <laughs> to you um, because I feel so passionately about the opposite side. Now, my whole kind of when I when I kind of came at you and again, I, I even reached out to you after being like, I hope you don't think I was coming after you and I forgot you were a Boston guy and there was no, no need to do that. And you, you kind of forget, you know, how <laughs> no. soft people on the West Coast can be. So people need to relax and think that, <laughs> that that was me and you going after each other in any sense of the word. Um, no, all but, good. But let's bring this back, man, because let's start with what you just said, the term gambling. I don't care what you call it. You can call it a blanket across the board. You can call it gambling. You can call it investing. You can call it whatever you want. My whole kind of, uh, you know, what sparked this for me is whatever term you want to call it, I want you to be able to call it the same thing, whether it's sports betting, crypto, real estate, investing in a pop-up uh, Jamba They're Juice. totally different situations. The thought but process, why? because I mean, you're you only, God. No, but you're changing. You can't change. You can't argue semantics with this because it's technically apples to oranges in my mind. You can't call it one blanket thing because it's totally different. Day trading and sports gambling is similar, but it's not the same. You would agree with that, right? I would, but your only argument in my eyes is that the difference because you don't own a piece of a player, you don't own a piece of a team, and you don't own a piece of whatever it is, uh, you know, a percentage, which is what you are when you're buying stocks. Now, what you said at the beginning was you can go in and you could bankrupt the company, you could, you could sit in the boardroom. There's levels to this, certainly. And now let's talk about this. Let's kind of, instead of apples to oranges, let's bring this apples to apples. For 99.99999% of people out there, if they're going to buy a percentage of Nike, Facebook, you name it, how much money you think it's going to cost them in stocks to go get a board seat to have any say in what goes on to that company at the smallest level possible? Because to me, it's the same. Sure. 
Yeah, no, I mean, so it, why is that your argument that you can that. you can dictate because an my, outcome? Because if because if, 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 if I own stock, stock in Apple or I own stock in Facebook, I'm getting dividends based upon how much stock I own in the stock going up. I make money without selling the stock. They 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 return money for my investment in the company. I make money off the successes of the company. I'm not having a chance. If I bet a hundred dollars on the the Braves to win the World Series, regardless of what happens with Braves. I'm not making any more money based upon the number I got when I bet it, whether it be plus, you know, plus 200, well, plus 300, whatever number that. I got Cash outs that. have changed that. So yes, you did bring well, that up cash in fairness. Outs, but cash outs, have ch- cash outs have changed that, but it's only in one state that that exists in, okay? And that's in New Jersey. And that is not being incorporated here in Nevada, which is a big, I mean, well, we have prop swap. for a different day. But, uh, but prop swap also, prop swap is a chance to get out, but you have to have, somebody else has to go ahead and give you that money. And let's say you get 150 bucks back. You've made 150, but I still have sold my ticket. If I have a if I have a dividend, I still have my initial investment. I still have my stock that I own. Plus, I'm getting the dividend back off of it. So I'm still in the game every single year. I'm still in the game with investing. I'm a part of that company for years. Versus when I know the season's over, the longest time you will ever get a future wager. Really, I mean, there are some ridiculous ones like Tiger breaking Jackson record and whatnot. There are some real long term guys there. Yeah, but for the most part, yeah, for 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 the most part, it's a one year. It's a one-year deal, and you're not going to make any more money than the money that you placed in there that you could have won. And, and granted, you could have you could sell it on PropSwap and maybe make a little more money, but no one's going to buy that ticket for more money than it would have paid out. Like the guy who was making a hundred thousand Stanley Cup for the St. Louis Blues, nobody was giving him one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They would give him seventy-five thousand dollars. That was the top bid before the Cup win for the Blues. He hung on to it and he won a hundred thousand, but he wasn't going to win one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. When I have a stock, that potential is there. Plus, I have the potential to keep making money year over year over year based upon the level of the success of the company that it comes into. So not only am I owning something and I'm owning part of the company, but I have a chance to to grow with the success of that company. So gambling to me is gambling. Investing to me is investing. They're two vastly different things. And while certain investments are risky and could be considered a gamble, it's not gambling in the sense of you and me going to the sports book. I could see that, but here's where, I, you know, when you talked about how, what, you know, what percentage of people out there can use PropSwap, what percentage of professionals know about PropSwap, all that type of stuff. To me, mm-hmm. that level of handicapper, and I'm going to call it sports investor or sports trader, to me, that is the same equivalent of a Wall Street, of somebody knowing what is available to them, all the tools at their disposal as a Wall Street sports, or Wall Street, or Wall, geez, if I could talk, Wall Street, um, you know, stockbroker, just because it's not readily, you know, I want to say not readily known, but just because every sports better doesn't know that it's available to them. I don't think it's fair to just discount what the impact of that does. Now, when you talked about the fact that you have to give up your investment to sell on PropSwap, they have a great, I'm again, I'm really not trying to make this conversation does PropSwap make this investing. <laughs> We're going to get off of the PropSwap conversation after this, I promise everybody. But this is what I want to say. The, you know, they had a great campaign out there that was the go for two campaign. Basically, whatever you were going to put on a future, if you were going to put $1,000, split it up, bet 500 and 500 on two different tickets. And if you want to sell one, you can sell one. And the other side is you can keep your skin in the game. To get off the prop swap train here, this is my other argument. No, well, hold on. But, but, but just to stay on that, just finish that point for a second as to you, you've just totally changed the way you're investing then. You don't enter an investment and think about splitting up an investment. If you have $1,000 to buy stock, you wouldn't split it up over $500 and buy two separate different types of stock. 
you get, you, I think that people diversify all the time. People put put twenty five percent of whatever it is all the time. Correct, but, but, but you're cha- you're gaming the system in a totally different way. How so am I like, gaming what, the system? What, what, because that, I make a smart investment because, to sell at the top of the market. No, because what you're telling me, what you're saying is you're allowing someone to have the entertainment value of following a future wager and or and having a chance to sell and make your money back. So you're basically playing with free house money. So, so you're mad at me for a good business strategy of sports investing? No, it, it, but it's an, it's an entertainment entertainment angle that what, what what they're pushing is the entertainment of staying with skin in the game not an invest you you would never approach that if you are seriously approaching it as an investment as a sports gambling investment why in the world would you ever split it up why would because you, look why at would you a situation like me later? with Tyler Glass now I had a hundred to one to win 20 uh, $20,000. I was offered on one ticket. I was offered 3000. I was offered upwards of that. Had I split that up, I could have pocketed probably 2000 and still had the skin in the game. Now, again, it's very easy for everybody to sit here and, and say, I should have sold the ticket. That's, that's not what we're talking about here, but that particular situation, I bought that ticket with the intention to sell. Now, if you're going to sit here and tell me if I can turn a hundred to one and basically cash out, whatever that would have been 20 to one and still have that hundred to one, or even again, a perfect world say I sold it top of the market when he was plus 175. If you're buying futures tickets with the intention to get out ahead of the market, how is that a bad investment? It's it's only a bad investment if the investment blows up in your face, but because the guy oh, the subtle guy hurt subtle blow, nice, <laughs> nice. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, that, that's what happened. So that, that's that, that's a great example to use. It blew up in your face. Where in terms of a stock, sure, bad things can happen with stocks, and bad things happen all the time to companies where they get bad reports, bad earning reports. I mean, major controversies, CEOs turn crooked, whatever. All those things do end up happening. But in sports betting, it happens literally day by day. Gambling is such a quicker smack in the face than an, than an investment that could go bad. And the other thing that makes investing totally different is that say you buy a stock for a buck and it drops down to 10 cents. It one day may rebound back up to a buck. There is nothing you can do about Tyler Glasgow getting hurt. There's nothing you can do about a guy blowing out his arm. But that's and a season-ending injury. And I would argue there's as many season-ending injuries as there are CEOs who are indicted a year when you're talking about that specific but maybe market. That's, but, they, but, 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 but that could be the point. But the point is, is that one day that different CEO, you hold on to that stock, they hire a better CEO, he brings back the company, the stock, the stock rebounds, and all of a sudden you're back into the game where you haven't had to invest any more money or go chasing a rabbit trying to recap, or you're trying to recap your initial investments. Where in, in gambling, there's nothing you can do about that injury. You can't come back next year and say, well, wait, I bet on him last year. Why can't I have the same number I got last year on him this year? It doesn't work like that. So that's why investing is different. There's a chance to rebound from a poor investment, a chance to make your money back if the company turns things around and becomes better. That never happens in sports gambling. That's not Once true. It's done, you're looking at it's it through done. a you're looking at it through a narrow point of view and you're not looking at sports investing as one big market. You're trying to break it down into different seasons. And just because a season ends doesn't no, mean a sports investor transaction. No, that that a, a asset transaction one to one. Yeah, no, listen, that asset of Tyler Glasnow is not going to come back, but who's to say I don't have the same philosophy to do that in NFL season upcoming, Heisman season upcoming, that philosophy, if you take the name out of it, that to me, yeah, you got to make a different investment in a different handicap, but that's just because that at that particular asset, which in the long scheme of things, if you're betting somewhat, you know, correctly was a, I would dare I say less than a 1% of your, you know, fund of your bankroll of your mutual fund capital, whatever it is that you want to call it. I just think that you're 
you're looking at it through the lens of only one particular asset and it ends and it's over, that's your one-to-one proposition, even from a future standpoint. But what you said about you do not have control over those injuries, how is that any different, again, than a season-ending injury that you have in control over a CEO being indicted? I would willing, be willing to bet they're probably about the same when you talk about each particular season, not over the course of a year, but okay, whatever. Okay, again, but, but, but when the season is over, if I bet XYZ pitcher to win the Cy Young in 2019, when the 2020 season begins, it's over, right? Correct. It's over, right? But the thought I, process can I be applied. Have this, I, I, but I can have the stock for 30 years. Who knows how long? I can have the stock for as long as I want. The stock can go up and down and ping pong up and down like crazy. Sometimes the stock takes forever. I've got a buddy of mine who's putting all of his money in uranium right now because he believes that the next big boom is going to be electricity and, and coal is going to be pushed out. So uranium is going to be a massive deal. He's buying penny stocks right now, 11 cents, 12 cents. He's putting thousands of dollars in it because he believes that uranium is going to be the next big massive deal because of nuclear power plants as clean, quote unquote, clean energy that we're going to use for our electric cars. We have to produce electricity somewhere. So he's he's buying up all these penny stocks like crazy who right now are worth pretty much nothing. But if uranium explodes, he's going to be a trillionaire because he owns all these penny stocks that will go from 10 cents all the way up to 5, 10, 20 bucks at a time. He's going to own thousands of shares. So he's waiting and watching and watching it grow where in sports gambling, he'll never you never have that chance. You can't play the long game in sports gambling and be successful. You can't have all your money tied up like that. You can't have it tied up in one asset. You can't have a tied up period. I mean, you just can't do it like that. You can't invest. There's no dividend return. There's no way of, there's nothing there. There's nothing tangible. You aren't buying anything at sports gambling. You're trick, you're, you're, you're entirely betting on the predictive nature of a human being and you're predicting what that person is going to do, where you're owning a stock is only actual property of a company and being invested and being actually committed financially into the benefit and negative returns of that company. So th- that's why sports gambling, if we go into these places with new people, we try to tell them that gambling can be treated like investing. That's not what the re- – when people think investing, they don't think about it the same way. Even though it's risky, even though you can lose everything, it is a different idea and a different way of approaching how to manage your money. And I'm not debating that there are people here in Vegas, I know someone who does this, where basically you give him $100,000 and he'll say, I'll return you 3%. That's better than what your stockbroker will will bring you. And I'll show you my plays every day and I'll show you where your money is and I'll show you how much money I'm I'm making for you and what I'm going to return coming up. I'm not debating that there are ways of approaching a market like sports gambling and say, I can win more than I can lose. Thus, I'm going to make you money. But it's still, at the end of the day, gambling. He's still gambling with your money. He's just doing it in a more educated way, and somebody has more knowledge. You have more knowledge than probably 99.9% of Americans when it comes to baseball and comes to all their sports you gamble on consistently. That's why they'll pay you for your knowledge. And I'm not saying people shouldn't pay you for your knowledge. I'm just saying when we start calling it investing, we're trying to turn the scary word into or gambling, trying to change it into investing. We're trying to, the, the scary word is gambling. That means risk. Investing, well, that means security. That means stability. That means what's well, a totally different act. That's only my point that it is gambling, it's not investing. I just vehemently disagree. Let's look at a couple different reasons why, man. You talked about number one, 
the Warren Buffett school of thought. You want to buy when everybody is selling and you want to sell when everyone's buying. Isn't that the number one mm -hmm. thing they teach you in handicapping school is buy low and sell high over the course of a financial market? If in it, during an NFL scene, NFL uh, season, let's go back to what, 2016 Patriots, uh, they were, the market had not caught up. That was an inefficient market that you could blindly look at there every single week and say, take the numbers out of it, take your eyes out of it. I don't care what hook they dangle. I don't care if I got to pay a premium of two points over the course of a 16 game season, the market did not correct. And it was one of the most undervalued assets of all time. And so to not you know, how is that any different from a financial trader going up and seeing that this company is uh, undervalued in the stock price or at their, you know, I want to say IPO or whatever, but um, it's, right. to me, it's, it's just, it's, it is, it's a different market. I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that it, it mirrors the stock no, market, I, but the I, philosophies I, I, I of it, hold on, hold on, hold on. It, the, the psychology yep. of what you're talking about, because here is the difference and here is how people mind fuck themselves. This is the issue when it comes to psychology in sports betting, in sports investing, and whatever it is that you want to call it. When you make an investment in, let's say, a stock, let's say, a mutual fund, a capital fund, the number one thing is there, there's a reason that normally there's kind of a thing in there that says you can't take your money out for a quarter or four weeks. You have to let money work for you, right? So when you make an investment, let's say it's $5,000 into one company into one stock, you're not actively, I mean, yeah, you can look at every day and see the stock go up and down, but you don't have to push buttons. You don't have to go and take a little bit of money every time that you had set aside for, you know, quote unquote bankroll. That is the biggest psychological hurdle that I think that is almost kind of clouding your judgment because you, you can't just sit there and let money work for you the same way you can in a stock market. You have to either, like I said, pay somebody, you have to be proactive and you get to see that you're the one, you know, if it's you or, or however it is that you're doing with the situation that you you talked about, it's going up, you know, again, whatever you're, you're betting one to 5% of whatever your investment is mm -hmm. every single time. Right. And that's how credit books will get you because at the end of the day, it plays on how your mind wants to, if you, your mind sees debt, all you want to do is pay it off. So your goal for that week on a Tuesday, when you went down a thousand is just to get even and, and not to get ahead. And that's a dream scenario. The psychology behind that very fact, I think is something that is really kind of clouding your judgment because it's not just making an investment and walking away and coming back in four months and seeing how much money did I make. No, I think one I, I, in my retort to that would be, I think you're totally overlooking the volatility of sports and the, and the, fa and the fact well, that this is about the volatility beings. of crypto, but well, I can't stand crypto. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm, crypto I'm not gambling to you? And, and, crypto is just, crypto is corrupt. Crypto <laughs> is dangerous. Okay. Is it gambling? Crypto is, or investment. It's worse than, it, it's worse than gambling. There's no recourse. There's no, no control. Police, there's no rules. There's no laws. There's no crypto is just crypto is more is is insanity at least bitcoin's got a little bit of vol a little bit of stability to it now but even even I don't know. you go from dangerous. 4k to 20k down to 1k i don't know how much that that's that speaks to volatility I, yeah, to me yeah i mean just in terms of like protection of like you actually have something you actually you can prove that you own at least the blockchain for, for for bitcoin is a little bit more you have a little more you know control over it i guess but some of these other ones it's just like forget it you lose your money who knows where your money went who you're giving your money to i mean it's look i i i i, I, I let me let me scroll back for a second 
so I came into the, the radio world back in in the beginning of talk when talk really started to become the thing. And what happened back for you youngsters who might not be alive or, or old enough to know what happened in the late '90s? In the late '90s, MP3s became a very big deal. So when MP3s started to really take off, people started to realize that you could actually find the music you wanted in a variety of different places, and you no longer had to sit there like we all did growing up with LimeWire waiting for your. Yeah, waiting for your favorite DJ to go ahead and play your favorite song, and you press record and play at the same time on your jukebox, and you take the song that you wanted to off the radio. So when that all started to die, and MP3s became part of the the the, the world that we all now live in, well, radio realized, oh my gosh, how can I own content? What what can I own? Well, I can own talk because I own that talk show host. I pay him; he's my guy. So everything he says. I have proprietary right to. So when you all signed contracts, the company, everything I said, every interview, all audio was under the control of XYZ corporate company or whoever you worked for in radio. And so when I came into the business, one of the guys, a guy named Bill Dunnaman, who in, I, I went to Alabama of all places, I'm a Boston kid, it's been five years in Huntsville, Alabama. And in Huntsville, the one thing that Bill Dunnaman used to always say is, what is something worth? Whatever somebody will pay for pay it. For it yep. Radio is an incredibly difficult sale because radio is the selling of nothing. You're selling literally air. You can't hold a radio commercial. You can't see a radio commercial. You can't feel a radio commercial per se in your hands. You can listen to it and you can have affect you in your brain, but you're playing in a space that's not actually tangible for a human eye to be able to see it. So it's an incredibly difficult thing to go out there and convince somebody to give you thousands of dollars to go ahead and, and buy because they aren't really buying anything. And there's a whole funny line from City Slickers, that old movie with, with, with um, I forget the actors, uh, Billy Crystal, who was talking about the fact like I sell nothing, I sell air. And that's really what you do in radio. So I'm a big believer in what someone's, whatever something's worth is what somebody will pay you for it. So you got a broken down car, someone give you 10 grand for it, great. It's worth two, but somebody gave you 10, who cares? So I, I'm not trying to sit there and say that all markets are, or are, are, are markets are, um, that, that there's not a, a sports gambling market because there absolutely is a sports gambling market. And there is a, a, a correlation between the value of a certain wager, what the book states it as, what their probability is going to be for the likelihood of that bet to hit, the number they've put up. And you can look at it and say, okay, the win probability of this bet is way off. I, I really, I, I'm making 30 cents on this bet. I love this. I'm going to go ahead and hammer it. Not arguing that point that smart people can recognize the math behind behind bookmaking and create a situation that's beneficial or advantageous for themselves. It's just the actual act that I'm talking about when it comes to where you're taking your money and the expectation that comes from a sports gambling transaction and an investment transaction. They're two fundamentally different things. And I wish there was a different word than investing, the, than yeah. what you're talking about. They're, I, they're fundamentally different about. in the short term, but in the long term, they are the same thing. Let's look at the, um, shout out to Papa Bear for, for tweeting this out at you, giving you a jab, invest definition, uh, verb used with object to put money to use right. by purchase or expenditure in something offering potential profitable returns as interest, income, or appreciation in value. Now look, what you're saying the one-to-one -one on, straight wait, wait. bet if, if you're if, if you're gonna read that you gotta read the what, what I, I know i'm trying to, to find the game uh you said the <laughs> investing 
uh, of money or capital in order to gain profitable returns as interest, income, or appreciation in value. You see profitable wagers uh, by players building casinos in Vegas, and this was my retort. That's a big difference because if do you see guys who know nothing about you know, stock investing opening up an E-Trade and making millions? Again, there are different levels to this, and I fully do, do that. Uh, okay, and some I guys get and some guys walk. Okay, job. and some guys walk into a casino, spend four hundred dollars, and walk out with a hundred thousand in two weeks or two months. Who's better? It's it can go either way well, when you talk the about the, the black swan events of hitting I'm a stock long. Point who's better? Who's not? I, I, I'm not talking about who's hitting the lottery. I mean, someone who pays one dollar and turns it into two hundred twenty billion. I mean, I'm 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 not someone who's hitting the lottery on this. No, no, I was talking about the blues future. Ridiculous. That's the same thing as knowing nothing about stocks, putting four hundred dollars into an E trade and having it appreciate. I mean, to whatever that is, X. A hundred thousand in six months. Come on. On nothing. a four hundred dollar stock what, what in the stock market. Four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars in the stock market to appreciate to a hundred thousand dollars in six months. That's my point. Come on now. No, that's my point. That that, that, can, that can only happen in that's sports. That's a lottery. That, <laughs> right. That's the but that that that's the volatility. Blake that's Snell one hundred and twenty one hundred and twenty to one lottery. last year in the Cy Young. No, it's but not because if you can lottery. build a so if I if I had hit Tyler Glasnow at a hundred to one, you would have said I hit the lottery and I had no thought process. Didn't matter. No, because he had. You, but, but you're, but you're not what we're talking about. You're talking about some random person walking into the, walking into a sports book and turning $400 into a hundred thousand that you're not that person. You're not Joe, whatever the hell the guy's name is in St. Louis. That's right. not who you are. But so my point is I, I'm talking about the people who are new to the world that are coming into sports gambling, who hear the word investing. And I believe people who are using that word are trying to change the, and, and look, I love you. I love Papa Bear. You are both on my show all the time. And I love when you guys come on. I, oh, I will find. I fought him on this. I'm fighting you on this, both publicly on my show and here, that I think when you guys use that word, you're trying to make somebody who could be uncomfortable with gambling comfortable because you're calling it investing. But let's talk about that. And well, number one, <laughs> I love this, man. Um, again, different levels to this. Fully, fully grasp that. But here's the deal when we talk about investing. You're looking at this through the act of buying a sports ticket is not the same as buying a stock. I will grant you that a thousand percent. The process okay. is what I want to talk about is how it is the same. The same way a financial trader analyzes a market looking for undervalued stocks and companies, that can be done over the course of whatever season. And yes, just because that, just because Major League Baseball season ends, that doesn't mean that you stop making money. There's UFC markets. Every market is unique and different just because it's not all one big market uh, like a stock. You know, it's broken up into little yeah, ones right. is what I mean. No, but overall right. arching, it is one market that, you know, the way that you analyze that market, the way that you ha I handicap baseball is completely different than the way that I handicap football. That process is what I think needs to be known as investing. But let's talk about that because I think it's a no, great point about, that you're bringing that, that's up. That's called research. No, no, no. That's called research. Not when it's outside you're capital, doing, not when other people are paying you're for doing, it. You're researching the actual bet itself to find the value in it. You're creating your own model. What you're doing is creating a model in which you want to attack the market. You aren't investing that money. You're finding the information in order to go and invest or attack the, attack the market. You don't you want look to for information it. when you buy a stock? How is that any different? Because that's that's research. That's not investment. That's research. Of course, doing the same thing. You're so you, researching. So you think the, the only way that you make an investment is by doing no research, and when you do research, it becomes not an investment. I don't understand what you're saying. No, 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 no. My point is the the work you're doing in order to find what what to bet on is research, not betting, not investing. The work you do to find out what stock you're going to go ahead and, and find to, to place money on is research, not investing. The actual purchasing of the stock 
is investing. The buying of the bet is gambling. That's my point. The reason I'm not discrediting the skill that you guys have, the ability to see things other people don't, the, the knowledge or the talent you have to be able to recognize uh, an opportunity that others might not see. I'm talking about the transactional nature of what you're doing. And you're an expert in sports gambling markets and how to place wagers and how to bet. You can be a sports gambling expert. That's not, I'm not debating that point. The point I'm trying to make is that when you go to place the actual purchasing, buying, investing, gambling, whatever it might be, they're not the same thing. It's what you're doing at the counter is not investing. You're gambling with the person across the counter because it's you versus that guy. It's you versus the book. It's a zero sum game. Gamble investment is not like that. It, it, there is no, there's no book. There's no man you're beating in investing. It's you versus really the world, but it's not the same situation as the book sets a number and your job is to beat that guy with that number. That's what, that's what makes it gambling versus investing in my mind. All right. So I don't want to, I have two more topics and I know we're, we're kind of up against it for you, <laughs> but I have two more things that I think are imperative that we at least touch on. And one of them is okay. something that's really um, near and dear to my heart. And again, not trying to put my, my cards out on the table or anything like that of, of future stuff like that. But I do want to talk about it because what you're talking about is exactly the same place that um, I almost I can at least see that that side of your argument. And when it comes to that, when you're the person doing it now, there's been two types of there's been two companies in the world who have tried this and both have failed. Entity betting is a very real thing. And with legalization, it could be a very real thing again. Now, outside capital, what you were talking about with, you know, you know, someone in Vegas, give me a hundred grand, I'll give you back three to 6% in per season yep. and your um, financial advisor should be fired. I agree with that a thousand percent. Is that act and even that idea in theory to you when you're play, when it's basically being, you know, marketed as that investment because it's going into a fund, it's take a fund, it's taking that, you know, psychological barrier of you going up, up against, you know, putting it in every day, placing the bets, all that type of stuff. Can't take it out for a quarter, whatever it is, a season. To me, that is the epitome of the same thing, which is where I go back to that. If you're going to call stock, if you're going to invest with a broker, if you're going to invest in real estate, it all has to be done the same thing when you're at that level of sports investing. Agree or disagree? Uh, I mean, it's a little bit convoluted because I don't, I would not ever give anybody that much money to go ahead in sports gamble because of the volatility of sports gambling. And the fact that I know that I don't care how good you are, but, the but it's like a stock probably, because when you, because man, when it goes no, down, it can go back stocks, up. It's not, yeah, but it's not 56%. I mean, I, I mean, granted, I understand the, okay, I lost two bets. I come back and win three. And as long as I'm winning three and losing two, we're fine. And as long as we're not getting totally killed on the juice and I'm getting a couple of, you know, you know dog, dog winners, you know, I can go 500 and still come up with plus money. I, I understand that principle, but it, it's still something I never would ever trust anybody due to the volatility and how easy it is to go on a complete losing streak and lose it all very, very quickly and how quickly it is to just go ahead and chase. And well, look, yeah, there are some that goes, that goes back say, to your win. broker or your quote unquote tout. Again, when, again, assuming this is but done I the own, right way is a far assumption of 1% to 5% of a bankroll or investment. Right. But I could sit there with that stock and I can sit there for five years with that stock. I can't do that the same way. There's no way of ever recouping my money. Yep. Once I lose my bet, I'm done. Once I, if I buy a if I buy a bad stock, at least I've got a potential maybe of that stock rebounding if things turn around, if the stock market improves. I mean, right. people. But that bet is one percent of your fund. It's not all your fund. If you lose everything in your stock and it goes under, you're done no. the same way. You're talking about a microcosm of the overall process of one lost bet and it's done for the day. 
I get the transaction no, no, thing no, you're I'm talking, bringing up. You're not, no, I'm talking about the, the, the entire volatility of, of giving someone this much money and seeing yeah. if the person's going to be able to come through and win. I'm just saying I, I do understand that there are people who do believe that this is a better way of investing. And until we get further research, until we get further evidence of people being able to go ahead and do it with different algorithms – and different people who are smart. I mean, look, there's been numerous people who, and, and look, I, I mean, I, I work with Rufus Peabody. I know the Peabody Massey ratings as to how they were. We went with ESPN. Things didn't go great with ESPN. I've seen the Action Network come up with their own algorithm. I get it every day. I see what they're <laughs> placing on football, baseball, basketball. Oh, They've got their Bet Labs computers that spits out things that they think is going to come up with. And, you know, they, they generally don't make money. It, right. We, but that's assuming it, that you it, have to be a model or algorithm or numbers guy to make money. And sports betting. That's not true. It's not true, but it does make it a hell of a lot easier. Mm. It, 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 it is, it is a I lot disagree. easier if we're able to actually take the, take the, take your the eyes actual out of humanity, yeah. the, take the humanity off of the page, off of the screen, off of your laptop or whatever, and look at it strictly as, as X's and O's and, 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 and numbers. It does make it a lot easier to go ahead and, 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 and project out when you're able to, to, to look at teams and see them as not human beings, but see them actually as just numbers. I, I don't, that's I, not how I gamble. Yeah. I don't bet like that. I know people who do. That's not how I like it because for me, it's entertainment. And if you did that, that makes it really boring and dumb. And I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> but to me, when you're, when you're talking about, fun deal. when you're talking about make needing to make money and capital to survive, that's the difference. I have algorithm guys I work with because that's not my strength. How is it, you know, to me, that's no different than me sitting there as a trader, as a, you know, uh, with a different quote unquote model, you know, whatever you want to call it, my handicapping style, where next to somebody who is all computer driven, the two can balance each other out, but one is not exclusive. One does not need the other to make money independently. However, when you can kind of combine those. I think but that you, is where okay, success you've hides. Yet to explain the, you've yet to explain or, or argue back on the, on the zero sum proposition. In the microcosm of the moment of a one, who, instead who of- Who am I against? If I'm investing, who am I investing against? If, because who, you're talking who, about who, it in the if, microcosm. If I lose, who wins? If, 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 if my investment goes south, who wins? If your 1% of your investment goes south for that day, yes, the difference is the book wins and you lose. However, it's, it's completely different when you're talking about the overall arching you know, type of thing. You're talking about you got to lose 100 bets without winning one or you know, whatever it is to lose your quote unquote investment, lose your bankroll, which is the same thing in a stock market. The difference is you have to apply 1% of it manually each and every day. I know you got to get out of here, my friend. I want to bring this up because I think it's the last. <laughs> thing. And I don't want to keep you too long past what we talked about, but listen, this to me is the last fascinating thing when it comes to this discussion, because it brings up everything that you talked about when I talked about investing and how you think it's almost shady to use that word. And I'm going to, I'll lead off and I'll let you uh, kind of finish it. And I, I promise I'll just plug you at the okay. end. I, I won't, uh, I won't sure. retort. Um, <laughs> no worries. You're all good. When it comes to that, the re, you know, why you think that's shady and why you think gambling has a bad name, you know, the term gambling, I, I completely understand that. No, but here's just, the deal. Just if, hold on. Be, be, God, be, be, but be, be, be clear. I'm not saying it's shady. I, I no, think no, no, no. But using, word, not using not investing instead of it is trying it. to prove a point. I get it. I get what you're saying. Um, I, I, but I don't want I don't want you or Papa Bear or anybody no, no, no. else out there who is who is in this world. To sit there. I'm not calling what no, you're no, doing no, no, shady. No. That's your word, not mine. No, but you have your opinion about when people use sports investing because you think you think it implies something. I think you're taking the fear away from the word gambling. Right. Yes. But okay. But let's talk about this. I believe that people, the next wave of of what this market is and what it could become, is going to be have to really answer for the sins of the past of the industry that they have nothing to do with. Do I have anything to do with Stu Finer sitting there going one in ten on his one? 
call in 1986 <laughs> or two for the money being wildly while entertaining kind of over the top or, or all those things. And, you know, there's so many bad people in this industry. Now, look, I get it. The regulation, the schooling, there's not handicapping schools. You don't get an MBA and go work at, you know, business school and get a degree that then go get past the whatever two series, whatever, to go get a handicapping degree the way you do in stocks. There's certifications, there's schooling. That is a completely different situation of kind of how, you know, somebody can kind of come up in this industry. But when you look at the difference fundamentally, and I need you to almost kind of put your, you know, at least humor me this, that when it is done the right way, um, you know, a, a stockbroker, and again, in this overarching theory, not day to day versus a quote unquote tout, again, assuming everything is done the right way to me, the market is different, but the philosophy over a year, over a season, over a quarter is the exact same. But this is, this is what I'll leave you with when it comes to this. And I'm gonna let you talk about it to me. I mean, imagine the stock market just became legal outside of New York and Wall Street, right? And for the first time, you have all these people, you have all these, you know, advisors. If you want to make money in this market, but you don't know how, what would you do? You would look out and see, you know, who who is out there. Enter your stockbrokers. Okay, well, in this market, it's enter your touts. Now, I feel the same way that you do, that it's going to be very bad and there's going to be a lot of people, you know, I don't say quote unquote scam, but it's, it's going to be a little bit uh, sink or swim for a little while, which honestly, I, I hate. It almost breaks my heart because I feel so passionately that when it's done the right way, it could not be more of a win-win-win-win. But this is my driving home point. Imagine the market just became legal and the only stock and the only brokers or touts or whatever you want to call it available to you are uh, Bernie Madoff, Jordan Belfort, and whoever it is that, that's been equally, you know, not as publicized or whatever, but that's kind of what I think the fear is. And I think that your fear in when you say that is completely warranted, but eventually you have brokers out there that do make people millions, that do make money in this market. Again, the market is different, but the philosophy of it, of those two things are the same. The floor is yours. I'll let you finish off and then I'm going to plug you hard. <laughs> All right. What you, you brought up in the beginning, taking your exam to become a stockbroker. I am 100% on board with sports handicappers having to be licensed. Me too. I'm 100% I'm 100% on board with sports gamblers having to be regulated, having to pay taxes, having to be monitored by the Better Business Bureau. I think these are things that there needs to be a separation for people like you and people who run around and do horrible things to people and lie to them and give out 50% on one side and 50% on the other and then go on the internet and say, look what I did. I told you guys I was going to be right and blah, blah, blah. And then someone says, actually, I got the other side from you, that person goes, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. It must not have been my service. Sorry, you didn't get the right number or whatever it might be. Yep. So that's my problem, first and foremost, is that we are we need to look at this Regulation. the same way we do look at, yes, regulate this industry to protect people from getting, getting ripped off and scammed because the touts of the world, the Vegas Daves of the world- You're looking at SEC sanctions are, and the equivalent in the tout industry right now at the moment is a fucking PayPal dispute. It's it, it look. It's going to be very difficult to do it because every state's going to have their own laws and every state's going to have their own issues. But I would love if one day we do regulate sports gambling information and uh, and advice the same way we took it. We, we we look at stock markets and there's going to be dirty people in the stock market. There's going to be dirty people in sports gambling. It's not going to solve every problem. I'm not saying it's yeah, a magic that, wand. That is the other side of the coin. Everything. But but I mean people get ripped off in the, in, the, in the I mean that happens all the time in the stock market. But yes, they're they're licensed and they lose their license and they go to prison when they have insider information and they have insider trading and they do things like that. There are real world implications to your ripping off the public. And I think the same thing should happen with sports gambling and the same thing should happen when it comes to the federal government taking a look at how this industry is going to be regulated and watched and controlled. So with with that, let let's get into the the other side of things. The philosophy 
of a of a wager versus the philosophy of an investment. I will give you that there is nothing there's no sure thing on either one. There's no guarantee that an investment's going to make you money. There's no guarantee that bet's going to be hit. So you have to approach it with a level of risk. And risk management is a very big deal. You in the 40, in the 60s and the 50s, you could buy General Electric and you felt pretty damn good when you bought General Electric because your stock was going <laughs> to slowly tick up a couple of pennies every single year and you felt pretty good about the return that you were going to make on those dividends. You can go ahead and bet the Patriots. They seem like a pretty surefire bet. You feel like the, the that they're like the, the most logical thing to win the AFC East, but there's numbers attached to it. There's different, you know, the odds are always changing up and down. The market is moving at an incredibly rapid rate, which is so, which makes it different. But I'll give you that the philosophy behind going ahead and trying to put a dollar down to make two, the philosophy is the same. I will give you, I will give you that point. The philosophy of turning a dollar without you doing any work with somebody else doing something. So you so think somebody that parlays else, are other more investing than a straight bet? Is what more investing than a straight bet? A parlay, you're saying that you would rather put a dollar down to make two. Well, what if I gave you three and a half to one on a parlay? You think that's more investing? Well, it, 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 it's it's not more investing. It's it's a, it's a larger gamble because because the, the, the the implied probability of that bet hitting is dropping every time you add a team. Mm-hmm. So my my, impri- my implied probability of winning of, of winning money on on a 1965 investment in GE is like 95. percent My implied investment on a three team parlay is like 14. percent So right. it's, it's but you're talking it's about investing. You're talking about is let's use an NFL Sunday. Um, you're talking about investing into a market for one day in an in a fall Sunday versus investing for years and years and years. You're looking at it as a microcosm on one end, but a long play on the other. Where I think they're both long plays when you do them every single time. See, I think investment is long, but you think investment is multiple transactions over and over and over and over and over again. I'm talking about a transaction. Okay. I'm talking about controlling variables. I'm talking about controlling volatility. I'm talking about being able to predict the nature of what that stock is going to do based on past history. Those are the things that you bring to with investing that you don't get to bring to with sports gambling. Exactly. You can go off you know, past behavior, but if the rain comes in that day, all of a sudden a sunny day turns into a downpour, everything changes in the whole dynamics, the numbers change, everything fluctuates, and you're into a market that's now changing rapidly because of the, of the actual situation that you thought you were entering into. Now all the variables have totally changed. So that that's what separates this from a volatile roller coaster ride of a crazy world versus the steady plodding along of an investment cycle as to investing. So again, I'll give you the point that when you're trying when, when you're putting money down trying to win more money than you've got and investing, that philosophy I will give you that is the same. Well, that is a very amicable place to end this, my friend. I want to, <laughs> uh, I want to give you the floor, man. Because again, doing so many great, so much great things in the space, pushing the odds nationally. SB Nation Radio, nine twenty, the game Monday through Friday. Uh, been doing so much great stuff out there, man. The shows are incredible. The guests are incredible. I tune in every Thanks. day. Go give them a follow at Sports Talk Matt at Pushing the Odds on Twitter is the show. Anything else I miss, my friend? No, that's great. I appreciate all the time. It's always fun talking, my friend. We'll do it again soon. All right, buddy. Take care. 
man, you need a shower after that conversation. Again, cannot thank Matt Pearl enough for coming on and kind of playing a little chess with me. I thought it was absolutely amazing. Um, I think that there's points to be made on both sides and the overarching thing is a little bit different than the day-to-day, um, but it goes back and forth. And, and please let us know what side that you fall on on this. I think it's a great conversation to have right now. Um, and again, one, probably one of my favorite uh, kind of back and forth I've had since, since the inception of this podcast. And again, as always, we are brought to you by mybookie.ag, the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and the Inside Vegas Podcast. A 50% deposit bonus is yours for promo code SGP50. They've been in business for years with a rock-solid rep, play and win, and get paid at mybookie.ag. We're also brought to you by Amazon. Go get yourself an Amazon membership, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Amazon. Bookmark that link. Go get yourself an Inside Vegas tee on sale for $19.99, as well as everything and everything you know you're going to buy from Amazon and Amazon Prime already. (laughs) 